Good morning, Connect family. How are we doing? Everybody good? What an exciting, exciting morning. What an incredible worship experience so far. Were you guys blessed? Yes. About 10 of you were blessed. Praise the Lord. The other 200 are thinking about it, thinking about it. We're blessed. We really are. We have an amazing worship team. Let's just give it up for them. I just love them. I'm so proud of them. I was... I was saying in the last service, you know, um, you, many of you don't know this, but I led praise and worship for 14 years at Connect. And, uh, you know, we didn't have, thinking about covering two locations with the band, with the quality that we have and the worship team that we have, really, it's just astounding. It used to just be me and a ukulele is what I used to say. And, uh, and, and three chords, and, and I, it's all like, I, I didn't know how to play the guitar that well, and my daddy asked me to lead worship, and we just had to figure it out as we go. Praise God, we got through that. How many glad that's not happening anymore? Okay, all right. You know, but we could sing Journey and Brian Adams for, you know, a service. I could do that. But anyway, uh, <laughs> that's all I could do, performance tracks. But those are the days that are behind us, praise the Lord. You can get your worship guides out and you can follow along. We're uh, continuing kind of a little mini-series. For those of you who don't know me, my name is Pastor Derek and I'm the lead pastor at Connect. And just an honor and pleasure to be with you. We had an amazing first service, so I anticipate the second service will be even better because you guys are hungry, you guys are expecting, you guys are anticipating, you guys are ready, right? Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm ready. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? You can ask your second choice because they don't look ready. Ask your second choice. You don't look ready. You may need, you need to kind of come alive, come alive. Uh, <laughs> last week... Um, Last, how many here last week? Last week's message? Okay, good, 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 good. So we talked about the message called I Need a Miracle. And basically the, the premise was that sometimes only a miracle will do. In other words, the doctor, the, the, the parent, the counselor, the, like there's no solution. Nobody has a solution. And, and, and there's something about that that basically uh, suggests or, or tells us that, hey, that's what miracles are for. That's why we need the supernatural intervention of God sometimes because uh, we can't get an answer, we can't get a solution, we can't get what we're looking for uh, from our own right arm, our own ability, our own strength. Sometimes we need a miracle. Well, today, I kind of want to follow up. Today's message is called, I need a word. I need a word. Everybody say, I need a word. <laughs> word up. We need a word. Um, when I was in college, um, it's probably not something that's done now because I'm dating myself, but... You know, we, we would want to go see a friend. We'd go into their room. We'd go into their dorm room, and we'd say, hey, what's the word? You know, what's the word? You know, and it was kind of like a way of saying, what's going on? You know, what's happening in the now? Uh, I want to be in the know. You know, I wanted to, to kind of be current in the situation, and I wanted to know what was going on. And it was, it was a way to kind of stay current in my conversation, current in my relationship, current in my contact with the people that were important to me. And the truth is, it's the same way with God. God wants to be in current conversation with you, in current contact with you. And I think deep down you do too, but sometimes we have a frustration of faith where we need a miracle, but we're not getting one. We prayed for something, we, we asked God for something, we sought God for something, it didn't happen. That's what last week was about. Today is the frustration of faith. And I need to get through to God. I need to know what you want me to do. I need direction. I need instruction. I need, like, I, what's the word, God? What's the word for today? What's the word for tomorrow? What's the word for my life, the plan and call of God for my life? I think there's something deep down inside of us that might be suppressed, might be, um, you know, in a, in a box somewhere, locked away, key thrown away. 
but there's something inside of us that God put there that is looking for fresh bread, manna from heaven, some kind of, um, you know, connection with the holy God. Can I get an amen out there? And so... Uh, for me, I, I just think sometimes we look at our lives, we look at our situations and our experiences, and we think, well, I, I believe that, but, you know, is God giving me the silent treatment? You know, I, I'm talking, uh, but I'm not hearing, you know. Is he, is he out to lunch? You know, is he on a sabbatical? Uh, he didn't come back from the restroom. Is he on a phone call? Like, where are you, God? I need, I need to hear from you. And, and I think sometimes maybe, maybe we think he's talking, so for me, I take a little bit of responsibility. I don't know if this is you, if you do the blame thing only. But eventually I come out of the blame game and I start pointing the fingers back at me and say, okay, well, maybe he's talking, I just can't hear him. Maybe um, I'm not tuned in, as we'll talk about a little bit today. And so I want to kind of unpack a secret to being able to hear God. How many would be interested in that, hearing how to hear? <laughs> so my understanding about this subject was birth in a season in my life where I was kind of pulled away, you know, um, from, from some of the comforts, you know, some of the uh, easy access to solutions and circumstantial situations I was facing. I was in college, and for whatever reason, some things kind of pressuring me, and I, I, I was trying to connect with God. And so this message um, actually was birthed in my, my uh, spiritual walk with God when I was about 19 years old. And so I just, this is, this is a personal message for me, and it helped me a lot, and I hope that it will help you, and I think it's going to help you stay fervent in your faith uh, kind of as you go forward. But um, it was just a rare time in my life where I was seeking God. I, was, I realized that we were instructed in His Word to talk to God, to connect with God, but I really didn't know anything or learn anything or understand anything about listening, about really hearing God. And that was my issue. And I, I, I came to a conclusion there's a big difference between how to talk to God, say prayers to God, and actually, you know, discern the voice of God. How do I separate uh, my voice from someone else's voice, from, the, from God's voice, from the bad taco I ate last night? Like, how do I distinguish those things is kind of what we'll talk about today. Is anybody interested? So... Uh, if you believe that, that we're called to hear God, then I think this will be relevant to you. Um, but my, my pastor, uh, one of my pastors, Pastor Jonathan Del Turco, he says, there's nothing that will like fire up your faith or make your faith more fervent or your love walk is what he calls it. Then and more sustainable, uh, more, more, more vitality, more powerful than actually hearing from God. There's nothing. And, and yet... Even saying something like that becomes intimidating because if I was to ask you, and don't answer this out loud, but when's the last time with certainty you could say you heard from God, I think it would be pretty quiet in here. You know, I think it would be pretty quiet. And I think if we never hear the voice of God, then something happens to us. We either fall prey to kind of a religious practice of, of saying prayers, knowing we should pray, Occasionally praying because we know we should pray or eventually giving up on prayer altogether. Why? Because there's no reciprocation. There's no response. There's no interaction. And God desperately wants to be able to connect with you. He desperately wants to speak to you. And I think um, our prayer life can be vibrant. I heard a story about a young student, a college student. He was taking an exam along with among, uh, among many other students, and the professor got up in front of the class and said, um, before you take this exam, I all need you to sign this form. This form had 
basically an agreement that you had not received any outside help to pass this exam. It was just your own personal study, no outside help. You need to sign this. And so everybody was signing the forms and just turning them in. Well, this one student, he didn't turn it in. Everybody took their tests, was passing it in. And when the student went to take and pass his test in, he was a little hesitant because he knew he hadn't signed the form. So he says to the professor, I, 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 I can't sign this form in all in honesty and integrity because before I took the exam, I actually asked God to help me do well on this exam. And so I can't sign this form. And so the, the professor took the student's test and he took the student's form and he's looking over the test and he says, you, he says, you don't have to worry about it. You can be sure God has not answered your prayers. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so, so he didn't hear you. And I think our Christian experience can be like that. If we don't hear, listen, from God, we might not be passing certain tests in our life. We might be failing certain tests in our life. But if we could hear from God, how many of the tests that we, life is a test. It's a temporary assignment and a test. We, we have this one life to make a difference and get rewards from it that are eternal. I don't know if you realize that, but you're here. You're here. Uh, it's a test. And, and, and so there's, there's really two big tests in heaven. There's the, what what'd you do with my son? What's, what's your deal with him? That gets you through the doors. And then what did you do with what I gave you? Second test. Judgment seat and the great white throne judgment. That's what those two things are all about. And so to pass the tests, <laughs> we need to be able to have heard from God. It's a big deal. It's a big deal. In John 6, uh, 63, I think it is, the Bible says, I think, I, yeah, it says, the words I've spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Listen, this particular verse, Jesus speaking, he's not talking about the written word, he's talking about the spoken word. And the spoken word of God literally puts breath, life, into your life. In other words, when you don't get the the the, the spoken word of God, the relational word of God in your life, then it can actually, it's, it's like you're, you can become lifeless. You don't, you're not getting the air, the oxygen that you need. So my conviction is that God is always speaking, um, but people will eventually stop talking to God if they don't hear anything back. There was a man who um, was pretty disenfranchised about his relationship with his wife, and so he went uh, to a bar, and he got smashed. He got drunk. And, and he leaves uh, the bar, and he's driving home, and he's swerving all over the road, and a cop pulls him over, and he says, sir, do you know, did you know that you were swerving all over the road? He's like, yep, yep, I did. And he's just totally like, he's hiccuping, and he's bobbing and weaving, and he's, sir, uh, it looks like you spent a little bit too much time at, at, the, at the bar, at the parlor. He said, well, well yeah, that's obvious. And he says, well, you, you're obviously drunk. He, he, he said, Yeah. He's just admitting everything. He says, well, sir, did you realize that your wife fell out of the car a few miles back? And the guy's like, well, of course I realized that. For, for a minute there, I thought I'd gone deaf. So <laughs> you guys are catching on a little bit. Yeah. So, see, sometimes, you know, in our, in our, in our walk with God, we, we're just, we're hearing this. Maybe God goes deaf. You know, listen to all our talking at, but not talking with. But you and I, you and I will go deaf spiritually if we don't hear from God. If we don't hear from God. So we need to learn how to kind of tune in. So today's message is called, I need a word. Everybody say, I need a word. 
Now, here's your big idea. Here's kind of the big thought, all right? Write this down if you're taking notes. Your big idea is you will suffocate your spiritual life I would, without current, I would also constant conversation with God, with your creator. You need conversation with God. You need interaction with God in order to grow or stay fervent in your faith. And, I be, and believe me, God wants to speak to you. Now, we know, and I talked about this a little bit last week, and I don't know all the science on this, but it's a fact that there are radio waves going right through the air right now, and there is communication taking place. And these radio waves are at different frequencies, and so you can get certain instruments to be able to amplify certain frequencies, tune into those frequencies to be able to pick up the sounds, be able to pick up the music, be able to pick up, and they can translate it into, into data. And, and, and we can do the same thing with what, if God is speaking to us all the time, we need the, we need the appropriate instruments to be able to amplify what God is saying to the spirit part of us. Is everybody tracking with me out there? And sometimes we, we get discouraged by people who say things like that, and we think that's either impossible or we're jealous. I can remember when I was in college, the president of the university, I went to a Christian university, and, and this man's name was Richard Roberts, and he was a little eccentric. And he'd be talking just like this, and all of a sudden he'd be talking, and he'd go, oh, yeah, Lord, I can tell him that. You want me to tell him that? Are you serious? You want me to say it just like that? Okay, I will if you want me to. And I'd be listening. I'd be like, what just happened right there? <laughs> what was that? you like, we were doing this, and then you went, choom. And it was just this, like, relational friend thing. And I, and I, and I was a little bit taken back by that. And, and, and I, I, it just made me think, is it really possible to have, like, that kind of a conversation? How do I know that's his voice? How do I know that's not my voice versus it's God's voice. How do we distinguish that? And, and I will say this as a conviction before we get into how to tune in and how to get that frequency is someday, if it hasn't happened already, someday as you will be tested and the only, just like the only thing that will do is a miracle, sometimes the only thing that will help you through the test is the word of God or a word from God. Like the only thing that you could stand on, the only thing that could support you and help you pass that test, overcome that situation will be a promise from God's word or a spoken, uh, live, living, uh, it's a big word, but rhema word for you. Amen, whether you agree with that or not. <laughs> and so when I, was in, uh, when I was in college, look, I, I, I realized the, the written the power of the written word. You know, uh, my, my, I'm thinking about college a lot today because I just dropped my youngest daughter off at college that, that, that my wife and I went to. And so it's kind of all these fresh memories come back. And I can remember when my wife and I were dating in college. Now, some of you young people won't know what I'm talking about right now, but we couldn't text back then. Like, we couldn't just like, hey, come down. Uh, let's go out to get something to eat, th that kind of thing. We had dorm for a guy, dorm for a girl. And in the middle, we had this thing where we all could connect and hang out and socialize. And they called it the fishbowl. And so we'd come down to the fishbowl, and, and if, if your girl wasn't there or your guy wasn't there, you could write a little note on a piece of paper, and then you put it inside this little box, and inside this box would have all these letters, and it was according to their name, and then it was according to their room number, and then you put the note in there. And that's how we communicated. Listen, everybody, it was a lot of work to communicate back then. But I would do it because I wanted to send notes to her, but there was nothing better than getting a note from her to me. Come on, somebody, you know what I'm talking about. And so I look and I'm like, well, she got a note, she got a note. And then I'd see like some other guy with like 16 notes. I'm like, Sigh. you know, and then another, another person. I'm fine, like, Ugh, you know, 
oh, no, there is one in there. And I'd pop it out, and there would be this little note from Stacy, and, you know, can't wait to be with you at class tomorrow. Make sure you wake up, 7.50 in the morning. And I'd be like, ugh. And then, so, you know, you're so cute, and you're so handsome, and you're so strong, and you're so, and, oh, keep going, keep going. Is there anything on the back? No, there's nothing on the back. <laughs> I just love those notes. And I would take that note, and I'd be like, put it in my pocket, you know what I mean? I'd, like, tape it like it's a badge, like a name tag. Sick it, you know, all the places have these notes. And, and then we, and then the summertime, we would go our separate ways when we were dating. And, and, and she'd go back to Alabama. I'd go to Boston. We're thousands of miles or hundreds of miles apart. And, um, and, and back then, again, young people, we had these things called paper. And, and you'd <laughs> fold it up. And you'd put it inside this thing. You'd lick it. And you'd, and you'd put this little thing on it. And you'd send it off. And you'd have to wait for it to get there like days. And then you'd wait for a return, and you go to this thing, it's called a box, and you go to this box every day, nothing, every day, nothing, every day, no oh my gosh, there's something in there, and you'd wait, and you'd get this letter, and oh, it would be so awesome, this would be this love letter, and it would just have all, all these mushy statements inside of it, and she'd throw little, I don't know, stuff inside, little pictures, and I don't know, animals, and bunnies, and I don't know, and little hearts and stuff in there, and it smelled good, and all these nice days. And I would read that thing like 20 times. And I would save that. And why am I telling you all of this? Because my wife's not in church and I miss her. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's not why I'm telling you all this. I mean, all that to say, as great as that letter was, it paled in comparison to being able to pick up. By the way, the phone calls were super expensive back then. Like, like we, we, my parents were like, you're on a limit, you know, you got like 90 seconds to tell her how important she is, you know, and because and it was like big money. But there was nothing better than hearing her voice on the phone or actually having a personal face-to-face -face encounter with my wife. Is everybody tracking with me? I'm trying to get you to see that the written word of God is very, very important. But what could be equally or sometimes in some situations more important is the spoken word of God to you. You need that. God wants you to have that. And the world is doing everything it can to try to hear God. And, 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 it's, and it's looking to the heavens and it's, it's creating these man-made you know, monstrosities to be able to make that connection with God in, through space and time to hear back. In fact, one of the largest, you can see this... Uh, um, this kind of uh, huge radar dish, it's called FAST, but it's basically uh, 500 meters across on the tip of a mountain in Puerto Rico. This is man's attempt to be able to connect with God, to be able to try to hear back from God. Don't tell me we don't want to hear from God. That's a perfect example and sign that man is desperately trying to seek God. But listen to me, we're not going to find it through the instruments of man. We're going to hear it through the vessel of the temple of God. God put his Holy Spirit in you, and that spirit wants to connect with his spirit. And his word hidden in your heart will help you interpret and know the personal will and plan of God for your life and the words that they are from heaven. Can I have an amen? So we got to have some filters for that. So what I'm going to give you is kind of like three different kind of lenses to look through to be able to interpret uh, uh, the words of God for you. So the first one's going to be called tuning. Everybody say tuning. Next level is turning. And the final one is testing, okay, testing. And when we practice these three things, we're going to see an increase in connectivity with God, 
an increase of being able to get on the frequency of God and hearing the actual words of God in your life. Because again, God is always speaking to you, but sometimes we're not hearing his voice. Let me start with a personal testimony that changed uh, my life years ago. I was just talking to my kids about this um, yesterday. My, my son-in-law and my daughter, we were having a conversation about finances. And when you're a young person... Uh, with a baby and all that, you're just you're thinking about finances a lot because you're just you're looking at your circumstances and they're crazy. And so my son-in-law is asking me questions about the tithe, and he's basically saying, "Do you tithe on the gross of your income or on the net of your income?" Which is a classic question that I've probably heard hundreds of times in my ministry career. And so I said, "Let me just let me just answer that with a story first. You know, uh, ultimately, I think it's all God's, and so you want to give on all of your increase." So that you can be, do you want to be blessed on your gross or do you want to be blessed on your net? It's just your choice. You're going to have to decide that. So no rule about that that I want to push on you. But let me, let me start really with just you need to hear from God about this. And so I went back 26 years and I remember I was sitting just like his age, sitting at the kitchen table and had all these bills on the table. And I'm kind of a math-ish guy in certain ways, in certain areas. Uh, I don't like accounting, but I like, you know, finances. And I'm looking at my bills, and how many know what it feels like to have more bills than, more, than income? Anybody know what I'm talking about? You know, I was under, not over, okay, my circumstances. And I'm looking, and I was about 15 plus percent, you know, in the negative on an annual basis. And I'm frustrated. And sometimes the frustration of faith is simply a part of the process to your miracle. The frustration of faith is simply part of the journey towards hearing from God. You just have to learn how to steer it. You have to learn how to not implicate God, but point it towards God, and you will find him at the end of that. And so I'm in that situation, and I'm frustrated, and I'm like, God, you know, you're telling me in your word, and I've been raised to do this. And I, by the way, up to that point, I had not been a consistent giver. I'd been like in and out, in and out. I was just a young punk kid. I know what's going on. But now I'm facing like real responsibility. I'm like, I got to decide. And so I'm looking at my circumstances, and I talk to God, and I'm God, your word says this, but if I tithe, I'm already 15% in the hole. Now I'll be 25% further, even further, God. What's up with that? And he basically says to me, you're behind anyway. Why don't you be behind trusting me with your finances instead of trusting you? I got a word just like that. And let me tell you something. That changed the game for me right there. I was like, oh, my gosh. I couldn't read that in the Bible. Somebody didn't tell me that. I didn't see that in some sermon. I just got a personal word from God. I was like, wait a minute, I can do it basically his way, trusting him and holding him responsible, and I'm behind anyway. Why don't I be behind trusting him instead of behind anyway? And it was like, oh, my gosh, God, it's so counterintuitive, but it's so brilliant. It makes sense. So I started to, I've never not done it for 26 years since that time from a word from God, a word from God. And so it didn't come like, with an alarm clock, ring, you dumb idiot, this is what you should be doing. It didn't come with somebody knocking and pounding on my door, you know, with a big banner saying, this is the answer. No, it's just out of my, the frustration of faith, out of that, that moment of desperation, I just heard him speak in a still small voice to me. God wants to do the same thing for you. In 1 Kings chapter 19, it's in your notes, 1 Kings 19, Elijah was in a situation like this himself. And God says, I'm going to bring you before my presence, and I'm going to speak to you. Now, he says this, he says, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. And then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. 
But the Lord was not in the wind. Everybody say, the Lord wasn't in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. The Lord was not in the earthquake either. And after the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard that, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? See, sometimes in your situation, in your circumstances, I think God wants you to pay attention to the gentle whispers of God, not the earthquakes of man. See, we think God's just going to go, hey, 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 mom, 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 mom. No, he's not going to do that. When I, was in, when I was in school, I led I led a Christian school for many years, 14 years, and the best teachers in the classroom, when the kids were getting boisterous and wild and crazy, to bring order back to their life, to bring direction back to their life, to bring correction back to their life, they wouldn't get louder. They would say, I like how Johnny's sitting over there, being so quiet and still and being such a good listener. I like how uh, Susie is sitting over there, being so quiet being so still, listening to the teacher so well. And she would use a gentle whisper to increase our ability to hear. And God is trying to do the same thing with you. He's not going to scream it from the mountaintops. He's not going to come with fire and earthquakes and winds. He's going to use a gentle whisper, which means you and I have a responsibility. If we're going to get a word from God, we're going to have to learn to tune in. And so he does that in three different ways. Are you getting something out of this? So I'm going to give you what I have taught at different times in different places in the country uh, over the years because of this experience I had with God in college, what I call the three-legged stool rule, okay? I really appreciate the cobwebs on that. That's beautiful. Praise the Lord. <laughs> if you knew my character and nature, you'd know how much I love that moment right there. But anyway, um, so I'm going to give you three legs to a stool, okay? And there's three different things that I want you to remember. In order to be able to tune in to the voice of God, the first thing you need to do is you need to, when you think you're hearing from God, you need to see what's happening around you through the circumstances. Everybody say circumstances. And, and so when you see these circumstances, what happens to most people in their Christian experience is you're interpreting your circumstances from a C-level perspective. Instead of from a 30,000 foot view. So how do we get to 30,000 feet to interpret the circumstances in our life appropriately? We do that through worship. That's why I use the word magnification. When you worship, you get a bird's eye view of your circumstances. When you focus on what's in front of you and what's behind you, you do not interpret the circumstances correctly. Is everybody tracking with me so far? It's as if you're in traffic. Some of you know what it's like to be in traffic here in Massachusetts since we have the busiest highways in the world. Come on, somebody. 128 is of the devil. <laughs> and so when you're on 128 at certain times of day, you can be in a situation where it's not just busy. It's just stopped. In, the, in, in Europe, they call it a stow. It's just stopped. You, there's no movement, you know, and you just want to go crazy. And in that go crazy situation, your interpretations of the circumstances are uh, altered, diminished, diffused because you see a car in front of you, you see a car beside you, you see people going crazy, you want to beep your horn, you want to like, you know, go give other nonverbal cues. And, and, and so when you see that, then all of a sudden an exit opens up. And you see some people take that exit. And so because you're down here, you think to take that exit is the best course of action. You take that exit only to find that in just a few minutes you have to get back on the same highway and now you're three miles behind. Oh, glory to God. Isn't that awesome? 
But if you had just turned on the radio, and if you just gone to WBZ, and you had just listened to the news report from Chopper Command. Come on, somebody. And there's some guy up there. Hey, you know, you know, you know this. Uh, we noticed that there's a traffic jam here on 93 South. But if uh, all of you would just hang on tight just for 10 more minutes because there's just a uh, there's just an accident up ahead. A little roadside assistance is coming right away. And uh, for those people that are taking that exit, we wouldn't advise that you do that because that's going to set you back about three and a half days. And so we'd like you to da 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 Because you got Chopper Command... Because through magnification, you went to God where your help comes from, Psalm 121. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. And he can see all of these situations, and he can see all of these circumstances, and he has all the solutions. And if you would just hold fast the profession of your faith, if you would just stay a little bit longer, in just a little while, all that's going to clear up, and you're going to get where you need to go, baby. But you took the first thing. And because you interpret it from sea level and not from chopper command. Is everybody tracking with me? So here's the second thing you do. Here's the second leg. See how what you're receiving from God, what you're hearing, how that lines up with the word of God. The word of God. I'm not talking about a word. I'm talking about scripture. Sola scriptura, the word of God, the Bible. And so you need the word to interpret a word. The word must be heart-hidden truth through daily practice in your life. See, you're going to get a word from God, and people get this all the time. God's told me to whatever, pick a thing. Somebody just told Pastor Chris the other day at the other campus, God told me to leave, leave the church. Mm, not sure that he told you to do that. I think you're just avoiding conflict. <laughs> it got quiet in this Catholic church. Okay, and so... And so sometimes we just want to call it something and we want to interpret it the way we want to do it. But does that line up with the Word of God? Well, this line up with the Word of God because the Word of God talks about, you know, working through conflict. And it gives us a process to do that in Matthew 18 and Matthew chapter 5 and Romans chapter 12. And don't make me go on, but it's all over the place. And so, so I don't know that he'd do it like that. I think he would have said, here's a process for you to follow. Does that So we, don't, we call it God, but that word doesn't match up with the Word of God. Amen, amen in this house. Can I have some Christians with an amen once in a while or at least an oh me, okay? And so you have to have heart hidden truth. I'm not just talking about head hidden truth. The Bible says in Psalm 119.11, thy word have I hid in my head? No, in my heart. Why do we put it in our heart? Because when we get into a heady situation, we can have divine recall out of our heart into our head, which is being pummeled by all kinds of things. It helps us in those situations. So in the first situation, when you're kind of uh, trying to deal with the circumstances, you got to go to higher ground to be able to look down upon what's going on. In the second situation, you need to look for the answers where they can be found. They're found in a promise that comes from God. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, the Bible talks about this. It's an Old Testament kind of parallel to what I'm talking about in a New Testament context. It says, be careful to follow every command I'm giving you, so that you may live and increase and may enter and possess the land the Lord promised on oath to your ancestors. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the wilderness these 40 years? Why? Why did he test you? To humble you, test you, in order to know what was in your heart. So sometimes you're going through tests because God is not just interested in uh, your, your, your comforts. 
He's interested in developing your character, everybody. Why does he want you to, why does he test you? Why does he leverage these things and use these things to grow you and your character? Because if you have strong character, you can help other people who don't. He humbled you, causing you to hunger, and then feeding you with manna. So this is the Old Testament. He literally gave them manna from heaven, creating a God dependence. Uh, keep going. And then it says, then it says, then it says, Noah was in your heart, whether or not you keep his commands. What's the, isn't there a follow-up verse? Which, there we go. What's going on? Neither, no, that's it. Yeah, neither your ancestors had known to teach you that man does not live on what? Bread alone, but on every word. This is talking about spoken word. The spoken word of God that comes from the what? Mouth of the Lord. God wants to speak to you directly. He wants to give you a word. When you have a word, it's something that can, it can sustain and preserve and, and, and uphold you in your walk and your faith with God. Now, here's the third leg. Everybody say third leg. third leg. See what does your heart say inside you through the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. The inner witness of the Holy. So we got three legs. The first leg is we have circumstances. We hover over them through magnification. We have the word of God. We have to internalize them with meditation on the word of God. And the third one is the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ by grace through faith, made that reception, you've received Jesus. He paid for my sins on Calvary 2,000 years ago. I made that confession, and now I'm walking that out. You have the Holy Spirit with you. That's the first work of grace. If you've asked God to baptize you with fire, the Holy Spirit with fire, the Bible talks about this in the book of Acts, you have this Holy Spirit in you. And then you have this, you have this, new, this new benefit. It doesn't ha it's not a requirement, but it's a new benefit where you can pray in the Spirit. But this inner witness of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's with you. Jesus said, I must go so he will come. Why? To lead you into all truth. To help you with all the situations and circumstances that you're facing. That's what the inner witness of the Holy Spirit is for. Uh, you hear the witness of the Holy Spirit through separation. So sometimes we're not hearing that voice because we are, the volume of everything else is up so stinking loud. And we have to, this focus, this is the focus, quiet ourselves from all those other sounds so we can hear the whispers of the, of the Holy Spirit, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. Now, if there's a leg in this three-legged stool that I have violated the most, it's this third one. Example. Uh, at Connect, we have a church, but we also have some other businesses. Uh, I'm, I'm an employer, not just uh, an employee. And so sometimes we're hiring people. And this would be one of the areas that I've failed in multiple times, and I believe this leg was meant to save me, arrest me for making mistakes. So I'm looking at this resume, and the resume looks good. I'm looking at the pay scale that they need, that we have, and that seems to match up, and, 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 and it's congruent. I'm not going to have a financial time bomb where they say yes, and they're excited because they're desperate for a job, and then a year later, they can't even pay their rent, and, and so there's no compromise there, and I'm, and I'm looking at you know, the word of God, and, and I, they're, they're, they love Jesus, and, and, and oh, they're a member of Connect that's even better, and uh, they're in good standing, and, 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 and there's, you know, they see, they're, they're, they're married, or whatever it is. Some good, some good stuff there, and it, there's nothing in the word that says, not a good decision, do not pass, go. And I have those two things, and on top of that, I need an employee. And so I look at those two things, and I look at, I look at those two legs, and everything's looking good, and so I, I'm going to go for it, because I want to. I want to cross the T, dot the I, check the box. we got to move out, you know. There's things to do. People are showing up on Monday. 
And so I get ready to go, and something from my spirit, my, the inner witness of the Holy Spirit speaks to me and says, don't do it. I don't think, I don't, he's not the right one. She's not the right one. It's not, it's not, it's not never, it's not now, or something like that will come to me, and I'll turn that baby right around. That can't be God. That's the devil. Oh, that's Satan. Oh, that's the devil. You know, there's no way. I mean, look at it. Look at it. He's awesome. She's great. You know, everything works. It's good. It's got to be God. I, that can't be. That can't be. That can't be. And I'll plow ahead and just a few weeks, sometimes months later, things begin to implode. And the Holy Spirit will speak again and say, hey, remember that little conversation we had back there? Is anybody tracked with me? So here's the deal. The deal with the three-legged stool in a nutshell is this. If you have one leg, not enough. Two legs, not enough. If you try to sit on a stool with two legs, how many know? Please help me, Jesus. Two, how many know that a two-legged stool would not hold up the weight and the responsibility of that decision? Anybody track with me? See, some of you guys, you're just going on one leg. And then you get mad at God later on because it didn't work out. You get upset with God and you point your finger and Smite me, almighty smite. You're all mad at God, but you didn't have a three-legged stool. You didn't separate. You didn't meditate on the promises of God. You didn't mag magnify what God was saying and, ob and observe those circumstances from a 30,000-foot view. And as a result, the spoken word of God didn't do the work that it was supposed to do in and through you. You need a three-legged stool. Now, if you listen through those tuning instruments... Then God wants to take you to this next phase. And so it, 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 he wants to help you. But if you don't, what happens is in his love and in his mercy, he's going to try to get you back on track. And this is what happens many is We don't follow. We don't listen to this three-legged stool. And so we get off track. And so God is always trying to pull you back. And one of the things he's trying to do when he's speaking to you, and I, and I don't know that we can unpack this today, but he's always wanting to talk to you through, to edify you, correct you, and direct you. That's what he's trying to do. He's trying to build you up. Oh, no, that's good. Keep that up. You're right on track, son. Way to go. Attaboy. He's giving you butt smacks. That's what he's doing. Edification. And then sometimes it's direction. You don't know where to go. Go this way. You, you think you're No, no, no. Come over here. Come over here. You're right on track now. Go that way. And then sometimes it's correction. Ah, ah, ah we talked about that. You don't want to do that. That's going to hurt you. You're going to get hurt if you go down that street that way. That's why, and so when you're not listening to the spoken word of God, he's going to try other ways to bring you back. And there's three ways that he tries to bring you back. And we call this the, the turning phase or, or finding that path again. And here's the three-step process. The first one in finding your path is the conviction of the Holy Spirit. The conviction of the Holy Spirit. Now, the conviction of the Holy Spirit is that small voice. Isaiah, I think it's 30, 21, it basically says, God whispers to you and he'll say, go this way. There was a situation where the, where the Apostle Paul was planting churches, and, and he was going one way, and the Bible says the Spirit of Jesus came to him and said, no, 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 go back this way. There's these whispers of God. The Holy Spirit is not, not going to scream. He's not going to yell. He's not going to yell. His, his methods will intensify, but he, this phase, it, it doesn't have to go any further than this if we would learn to respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. But what we do many times is, again, we turn the volume of the Holy Spirit down. And you know what makes it even worse? Listen, conviction unattended becomes condemnation. See, many of you have been hearing the voice of God, you didn't do it, and now you're living in condemnation. And so now you don't have boldness before God because your heart's condemning you, 1 John 3, 21. 
So you kind of back up. So now you're even further away from that whisper that's over there because you're way over here in condemnation. So what do you do? Well, let me tell you what God does. He ups the intensity a little bit more, and what he does is he brings people into your life. So the second way that he brings you back on track is he uses a person. We call this prophetic warnings in the scriptures, prophetic warnings. In the Old Testament, God would literally bring a prophet into your life, and he would be like, thus saith the Lord, this is what you need to do, this is where you need to go, good job. He used prophets to do that. Now he uses people packaged in probably people you know or some situations. Sometimes he uses situations. And you know what? The packaging is not always preferable. The people that he uses, it doesn't always come out the way you wish it would or the way you hope it would. Sometimes the prophetic warning, gentlemen, comes through your wife. And you're like, I know, and I don't like what she's saying and how she's saying it to me. And there's no way that could be the voice of God. But God's like, it's the only way I could get your attention. And she's the only one that would say, hey, idiot, stop doing that. No, that's just how he talks to me through my wife. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but sometimes it takes the strength of a key relationship in your life for God to use that person as an instrument of righteousness to be able to shake you up and wake you up. Sometimes he's using your boss because the Holy Spirit was telling you, get out of bed, you lazy dubba, as my dad would say. You need to go to work. You're not providing for your family. And the Holy Spirit keeps telling you, you got to get a job. You got to do this. You got to be consistent. You got to be faithful. But you didn't listen to that. You didn't listen to that. So then you get a job and you show up late and the boss calls you and says, you're lazy. That's a prophetic warning, not just a mean boss. Oh, but then if you don't listen to the, <laughs> nobody likes this point. If you, don't, if you don't listen to the prophetic warnings, then here's what happens. The next level of intensity that God will use to get you on the path to, to improve that frequency and that connection with God is judgment. Dum-dum-dum, judgment. Now, when I say judgment, I don't mean he judges you, but you put yourself under his judgment because you didn't listen to him. So, so judgment is like this. The 1 Corinthians 11.31 says, if we judged ourselves, we wouldn't come under judgment. See, if we did it God's way, we wouldn't come under the curse. God, we didn't, he didn't curse us. We cursed ourselves by not doing what he's already instructed us to do. When we don't follow the conviction of the Holy Spirit, we don't turn and repent and turn back to God so the times of refreshing can come, as it says in Acts 3.19, when we don't listen to the people that God brings in our life in his mercy and his grace to shake us and wake us and help us get back on track and correct us and direct us and sometimes edify. When we don't listen to that, then he'll use circumstances and situations to wake us up. If you're going to go ahead and touch that burner, I told you not to touch that burner, but if you touch that burner, or you're going to get burnt, and you went ahead and touched that burner. Now you, he didn't cause that, but you went ahead and did it, and now he's going to teach you a lesson. Now that you've touched that burner, can we talk? And so he uses that to bring you back to yourself. Is everybody tracking with me? And so each level becomes more intense, but when you repent, he's so faithful. God's so just. As soon as you repent, the tuner comes back on. The communication lines open up right away. He doesn't make you go through a bunch of works to try to fix that whole situation. But what will keep the communication lines open and the hearing continuous is you have to hear and obey. Everybody say, hear and obey. Okay, so this is the final phase. It's testing. 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 Everybody say testing. So here's the situation. You have to learn how 
to increase, to increase the voice of the father and turn away from the voice of the stranger, you're going to have to begin to practice and respond to and follow what you hear. In my opinion, in my profession as well, people that I've looked up to, past, my pastor in college fell prey to heretical teaching and deception so often. It's just so sad. Uh, uh, one of my role models who uh, really influenced and left a, a mark on this church in terms of our philosophy of ministry, what I, what I taught about the tree of life. I learned from a particular giant in the faith. He fell prey to sexual temptation. I could go on and on. I, literally was, on, I was literally at the beach on vacation, and in 45 minutes between my parents, we listed all of these falls and failures of people, and most of it was because they didn't listen to the voice of God, not the voice of man. Basically, we didn't respond to the conviction of the Holy Spirit. We didn't respond. They didn't respond to the, 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 the prophetic warnings of the people that God put them out, and they fell under judgment. And you know what? We're all susceptible of that if we don't listen to the voice of God. It's not just to keep you from getting in trouble. It's to keep you on the triumphant path that God has for your life so you can be blessed and be a blessing to other people. Can I have an amen? So we have to learn to follow his directions. But some of us, listen, it, I wrote this down. If you don't follow what you hear, you will eventually fail to hear who you follow. If you don't follow who you hear, you will eventually fail to follow, fail to hear, excuse me, who you follow. But why don't we listen to the voice of God? To be honest, I, I, think, I think you would say something similar to this. I think it's because we love sin more than God. In other words, I love, I want God, but... Don't make me give that up. See, if I wouldn't be married if I wasn't willing to give up some things. And I wouldn't know the blessings of my marriage and my family and the legacy that I have right now if I hadn't said no and forsake others so I could have her and this lineage behind me. It's the same way with God. God's not saying you can't have other loves. They just can't compete or compare or even be close to Him. But some of us, we, we, we want to still have one foot in the world and try to have one foot into the things of God. Another reason we don't hear the voice of God is, is because we, we, uh, we don't want to change. We have an encounter service on 921. I'm going to be talking about how to really make a change in your life. If you're interested in that, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a powerful service. It's on Friday night, 921. But the last one I think is pride. We are just, pride brings deception. People just get deceived. We actually think we're okay not hearing from God. I'm going to let that sink in for a second as your pastor. I think probably the biggest reason we don't hear the voice of God is because we think we're okay not hearing the voice of God. I, I just, uh, listen, I, I caution you. If you don't hear from your father once in a while on a personal level, you're in danger. You're in danger. But every believer has the privilege, has the the right and privilege to hear God and to follow God and to be, the Bible says, led by the Spirit. We're spiritual beings having a human experience. I believe that with all my heart. That means we must learn how to be spirit-led beings. We have this side of heaven, this temporary assignment, this test, to learn actually how to be a spirit-led being. And how we live that life is going to determine our rewards in the life thereafter. And so God wants to, He doesn't want you to have to go somewhere else for answers. He doesn't want to have to, oh, I, I, I got to sit down with a counselor. I have to call a pastor. I have to talk to my mother. Uh, no, God wants to show you what to do. God wants to speak to you directly. What would happen if you didn't have to go laterally, you just went vertically to a holy God, and you actually heard his words? It would change, literally change your life. 
But most of us, you know what? It's like, I don't have a phone on me right now. For some reason, I, I left it somewhere. But does anybody have a phone I can take for a second? Here, here give me that, Dominic. I'm going to call everybody on your call list. I think it's, what we want is we just want a hotline to God. We just want to dial him up, you know. Um, yeah, can I speak to God, please? Uh, can I speak to God? Oh, you want me to hold? Okay, all right. I'm used to that. Uh, holding, just holding one second. It's ringing. Hey, God, yeah, yeah. Wow, it's Derek here. Yeah, yeah, your son, your favorite. <laughs> Yeah, down here on earth. <laughs> you know, one of those planets you got, the little one with the blue, and yeah, that's me. Anyway, so now that I got you, um, so listen, I thought, I didn't know I'd be able to get through like this quick. This is amazing. I've got some issues right now that I'm dealing with, and I, I need like, I need some wisdom like with some current circumstances going on in my life, and and I'm uh, just wondering if you can help me out and uh, hold. Okay, all right. I'm going to hold for a second. He said there's another problem, greater importance. Okay. God, yeah, God, yeah, 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 it's Derek again. So, so back to that thing. Well, listen, since I got you, and I can tell you got a lot of stuff going on, um, before I go to that, maybe you can help me with the whole life, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know the vision for my life, I don't know the purpose for my life, and I got all these kids, and now I got two grandkids. Can you, can you kind of just, since I got you, can you just kind of spell, oh, you just said it's in the Word, if I just read the Word? Okay, okay, yeah, I'm listening, yes, I'm listening. Okay, write that down, okay, write that down. Okay, and... You said you left me the Holy Spirit there to help me, and if I would just listen and do what he says, I'd, okay, God, got it, yeah. But, you know, it'd be so much easier if you just, we, we're here right now, you could just tell me what to do, it'd be so simple, God, you, you, you gotta go? Oh, you gotta go, okay, yeah, yeah, you gotta go because you already told me what to do. Okay, God, yeah, all right, all right, all right, I get it, I get it, okay, love you, Lord, love you, Lord, bye-bye, okay, okay. See, I think that's how... We want our Christian experience to be. And if it's not like that, then we won't go through this process of tuning in, of turning on track, and of following the directions and passing the tests that he's given us. Is everybody tracking with me? See, God wants to teach you to be led by the Spirit. We would much rather just have that hotline to heaven. But listen, we've got to go through some phases. We've got to learn how to just, just step out. Step out. It's going to be a little crazy. To live a life that's not like that takes a little bit of courage. It takes a little bit of uh, boldness. It takes, because you're going to have to step out, and all that you have is the Word of God. All that you have is an interpretation of the circumstances, and all that you have is the inner witness of the Holy Spirit. But I can promise you, you can sit on that stool. That, that'll hold you if you begin to practice. If you begin to practice that and follow that through, that's enough for you to have that breakthrough with God. Can I have an amen? Uh, I'd like you to stand on your feet. I'd like to pray for you. And as campus pastors come and join me, thank you, Jesus. I'm going to tell you two things. The, the final scripture is Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation 3, 20 says, Look, look, here I stand at the door and knock. If, conditional word, two-letter, powerful word, if you hear me calling and open the door, I will come in, and we will share a meal as friends. When I was in college, I, that whole journey and this whole message, this whole experience and process, it all started with me making a date with God. I've told this story years ago in different environments. I made a date with God, and I went on a commitment to connect with God and hear from God. 
And every single day I would go to this space and this place, and there was this, there was this spot where there was two stumps. There was two trees that had been cut down inside, all these huge willow trees. And, and I, I found it. It was just it was special. And I would go to this spot every day, and I would sit on one stump, and I would talk to the other stump. As crazy as that might sound to you. But I was basically making a commitment. I'm going here, and I'm going to talk for a little while, and then I'm just going to listen. And I'm going to use some of the things that he showed me uh, to, to interpret and tune into his voice. And it was there that I began to hear God speak to me. 19 years old. Life-changing experiences. And I can remember at a certain point in time, you know, hearing the voice of God so clearly. I'm going to encourage you, you might need to make a date with God. When's the last time you had a date? with God. With every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just pray with me? God, there are people here in this room, and we've turned down the earthquakes of life, and the winds, and the fire, and all the things that are going on outside, and we're inside right now. And I'm asking you, even though there's a lot of people in this room, I'm asking you to make it as if it's just you and them. And I pray for every person here who desires to hear God speak. If you, if you are that person, you know you want to hear God speak more into your life. Would you raise your hand and say, that's me, Pastor. I want to hear God speak to me. God bless you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. God, for every person that's in the, within the sound of my voice, if this is a prophetic moment, I pray that you whisper to them, God. Whisper to them. Right now. Just whisper to them. Whatever you want to say. Maybe there are people here in this room, if they would hear, the Bible says you'd, you'd open a door of relationship. But we first have to open our hearts to you, God. Your word tells us that. Maybe you're here today and you've never come into relationship with God. But for some reason, somehow, some way, you're here today and you just, you think God's knocking on your heart. You can hear like a knock. I want to tell you, sir, man, boy, or girl, there's a lot of people here, not all of them maybe, but many people in this room have responded to the knock of God on the door of their heart. But you've got to open it. You've got to open it. The handle's on the inside. You've got, to, you've got to open your heart to Him. And if you want to open your heart to God and come in relationship with Him, this is a big chance right now for you. You might not get it again. I don't know. On this side of heaven, this is your chance to connect with God. He wants to connect with you. And when you say yes to Jesus, then His Spirit comes into you and comes alongside you, and then you can hear His voice. The tuner comes on. But you won't know that tuner until you say yes to Jesus. If you want to say yes to Jesus, I want to give you that chance. Would you say yes, first of all, by raising your hand, and then I'm going to pray for you. Say yes, I want to know Jesus personally. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Is there anybody else? Good night. Thank you, sister. I see that hand. Thank you, sir. I see that hand. Is there anybody else that says it? Good night, so I don't miss you. Thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. Thank you for your courage. That's exactly what it takes to connect with God. Now, church, would you join those people who just raised their hand, especially those people who raised their hand. Say this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I ask that the tuner come on. I want to connect with you. I want to hear your words. I want to know your word. I want to be in relationship with you. I invite you into my life, Jesus Christ, to be my Savior. And to be my Lord. Now, Father, I pray for every person who prayed that prayer, that that connection is made right now. The Holy Spirit, Lord, make that connection. 
It'd be personal. It'd be intimate. It'd be real. It wouldn't be religious. It wouldn't be because they came to church. No, even if they leave, they can start talking to God right away. I pray that that connection come alive and the volume be turned up. Every single person in this room, I pray the volume of God, uh, just they can hear you better. Not because it's loud, but because they're tuned in, God. They, they sense and know, God is whispering to me. And I can hear his voice, God. And it literally changed their life from the inside out. So they're able, God, to pass the test. They're able to discern the truth. They're able to know what is the next step for their life in Jesus' name. And all God's church said, amen and amen. Come on, let's give the Lord a big hand clap for his word. Come